when we think about prayer, it's natural for our minds to go to ourselves, right? To think about ourselves, to think about our needs, to think about our relationships, our journeys. That's often what I think about when I think about my prayer life. And I imagine you do as well. When we get into the second half of the Lord's Prayer, that's where we get to that stuff, right? That's where we want to get warmed up because it's talking about our needs, our stuff. There's a Pew Research study that was done in 2014, and it said that in America, 55% of us claim to pray every single day. And I imagine that of that 55%, a lot of those prayers every day are about our needs, about our journeys, relationships, the stuff that we're going through. And that's, that's stuff that we're interested in, right? So as we think about that, think to yourself, what do you pray for? I can tell you what I pray for. I pray for my friends, my family. I pray for my health and well-being, provision. I pray for church and country, and, and I pray for those who I know are in some kind of need. I pray for relationships, personal growth. I pray over work. My children, my family, that's a big prayer, right? I pray over them, who they're becoming, their future, what they're going through. I pray over those things. I even pray, maybe it's crazy, maybe it's not. I even pray right now, even though they're young, I pray over their future spouses. I do that almost every day. I don't even know if they're going to have future spouses. Maybe they won't. Maybe that's God's blessing in the prayer. I don't know, but I pray for that even now. I prayed for the weather. Have you ever prayed for the weather? Sometimes I've prayed for the weather. Sometimes I've prayed for my car, and sometimes I've prayed for my car in relation to the weather, right? Yeah, actually, too often have I prayed for my car in relation to the weather. I don't know why, but that's something that happens. I've prayed for sports teams. Of all my prayers, these are the prayers that probably have been the least beneficial, we'll say, at least to the New York Jets, right? Like, there's been a lot of prayers there that have not brought a lot of results, but that's okay. Every prayer is meaningful. It's connection with God. It's conversation with him. So it's not bad. And so, yeah, I pray for the Jets. I pray for the Phillies. I pray for Penn State. Not yesterday, apparently. I, I, pray, I pray over the, the Philadelphia Union, if you know those. And I even pray for a team in London for my like, European soccer team, Chelsea FC. If that means anything to you or not, that's okay. But I, I pray over those things fairly regularly with, mm, I don't know, mixed results in that. You might actually be surprised about what I have never prayed for. As I racked my brain and thought back, I don't think I have ever prayed for my hair. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You've probably been praying for it, right? Like that's, that is how this has come about somehow, some way or another. Yeah, it's, it's never been something I've prayed for. Surprise, surprise. In the second half of the Lord's Prayer, we get to the stuff. We find our requests, Jesus asks us to pray these requests to God about our needs, about our relationships, and our journey. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, side note, to avoid any confusion in this, you're probably wondering, so where is the for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen? So that's not a distraction for us as we continue this time. That is a part of our prayer, but it's not a part originally in Matthew. So we don't think this is something that originally came from Jesus. It's something that we've added later to this that we most likely think came from the Old Testament. And so it's great to pray. It's a great part of our prayer in that. But since it's not what Jesus maybe specifically said, we're not going to focus in on that, but continue to pray it as a part of your prayer if you would like to. It's very beneficial. So we have these three requests, daily bread, forgiveness, and deliverance. 
These are requests, and they, they start to fall in line with what I believe we more originally think of when it comes to prayer, how we regularly pray. And as we know, this prayer is from Jesus to his disciples. So to those of us who want to follow Jesus Christ, who want to be like Jesus with our lives, we understand that these requests that he then gives to us, they have incredible meaning into who we are, into what we're becoming, and into how we can serve God in this world. They are very meaningful. And so you're connecting here at church. And so I would like to bet that you pray regularly in some way, shape, or form. Prayer is a huge part of our Christian walk. It's a huge part of living for Jesus Christ. So why and when Jesus prays, says pray like this, and he includes these three requests, may we recognize that they're going to shape who we are, they're going to shape how we look at God, how we understand how he works in this world, and how we can live for him. And so God, we come to you now, God, and we ask that you would open our hearts to the power of prayer. God, please shape how we pray, when we pray, and why we pray. And may all of this deepen our walk and relationship with you. Amen. Amen. As we seek to understand how Jesus instructs us to pray and these three instructions, it makes sense that we look at each one of these requests individually. And then through our understanding of each of them individually, I think we'll find a greater understanding for how prayer works and why it's meaningful to our lives. And so we start with this, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. Now, is this God or Jesus telling us to like pray over food because I like food and so I'm completely in line with this? I would prefer if it said, give us this day our daily general souls chicken. Like that's the way I personally want to pray this. You can fill in your own blank, right, with whatever you want there. But, but is this all about food? Well, yes and no, right? The word used here for daily is really important for us to understand. What, is, what are we saying when we say daily bread? Well, interesting enough, when you look in the Greek and you look for this word that's used here in Scripture, daily, it's not an easy word for us to originally understand. One of the things that we do is when we see words and, and how they're used in Scripture, we look for how they're used at other places in Scripture or in other Greek literature to understand, like, what do they mean? What is, what is Jesus saying to us in this moment? The problem is this word daily cannot be found anywhere else in Scripture and really anywhere else in Greek literature. So we are left a little confused. What do we do here? And in fact, how our understanding came about for this is actually this word daily was found on an ancient shopping grocery list that they found that it was listed that word for daily underneath a shopping list that says we need these for our daily needs. And that's our understanding for this, right? It means daily needs, daily rations, essentials for survival, the bread we need for tomorrow. So what does this mean for us in Scripture? It is a prayer of God's daily faithfulness. It's a prayer that says, God, I know that you're going to take care of what I need today and tomorrow, right now in this moment. Manna from heaven, it's going to be provided. You will meet my needs. As a parent, I'm regularly reminded that nothing in this world is really mine, ever. Ever. Any other parent experience that at all? Nothing in this world is mine. The best snacks in the house, guess who's not going to get them, right? Yeah, the best snacks in the house, not mine. 
the best seat in the house. Do you think I'm going to get to sit there? No. Sometimes it's actually the cat, not the kids, right? But, but either way, like, it's not going to be my seat. That's not going to happen. The thing is, this at least prepares me for life because I, I know this truth. Are you ready for an incredible eh, kind of moment, like, uh, kind of moment? What is mine in this world? What can I actually hold on to? My stuff? My finances, my health, my hair, right? Yeah. Is, is any of this something that is mine? All of it could be gone in a moment. If some of you know, right? Yeah. All of this could be gone in a moment. And this is your truth as well. I know you're thinking, well, thanks for that incredible pick-me-up this morning. That's a wonderful thing. As I amass all these things and try to build some stability, thanks for that reminder. You're fantastic at setting the mood. But... It's, health, it's healthy that we know and understand that. Nothing is ours, but thankfully we know this further truth. Everything, everything is God's. Everything is God's. And so I can't rely upon what I have, but I can rely upon what he has. While we know that everything we have could be lost, we know that everything in his arms, which is literally everything, is in the realm of possibilities for providing for my needs, for your needs in this world and in this life. Luke 12, 27 to 28, Jesus said this. He said, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Daily bread is a reminder that our security is found in God, the creator, God, the father, God, the provider. It is a prayer of peace that God will provide. And so I tell you now, if there is that burden on your heart, remember your daily bread. It's all in the realms of what he can provide for you. Next, we are instructed to pray this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The key word in that is forgive, but it's important that we actually understand the word debt because I think that's the word that's changed over time, right? Depending on how you learned the Lord's Prayer, if you did, you may have learned trespasses or you may have learned the word offenses to say. Any of those are fine, right? As long as we understand what they really mean, that, that Jesus is not talking about our finances here. He's talking about sin in our lives, right? He's talking about division in our lives, We are to be active in seeking forgiveness for our sins, our wrongs, moments where we miss the mark, divisions in our relationship with God. We are further to be active in all of that with other people in our lives. Why is Jesus not just concerned about us being right with God, but also being right with other people? Because when it comes to living for him, when it comes to being his disciples, being those people who who are in the world and are people of love that represent Jesus so incredibly well. This, in forgiveness, is where the peace and freedom to live for him is found. I'll speak only for myself in this, just for myself, but my mind can be easily distracted when something is wrong, when something's a little bit off in this world. I, I can tell you this with my house, this is the case. When there's something that doesn't work quite right, there's like that bugging feeling there that I can't let go of. 
Recently in our house, one of our sinks has had this little leak, just this little leak. I would go to the sink and look underneath, and I would find just this little puddle randomly underneath it. And, and this would drive me crazy because I would turn everything on and do all that I could to, like, make it leak right there in front of me so I could find it and try to fix it. And as much as I did that, guess what? I couldn't make it happen purposely. I could turn everything on full, full blast, like throw water around, and I couldn't make that happen. But I would come back, and randomly, there it would be. Now, I understand there might be one answer to this thing, right? Children, right? Like, that's, that is like the other piece here that like could be what that is, but, but it's there. I couldn't figure it out. I tightened everything I could. I know there's parts up in the sink that like I don't have the tool to get into. I don't know what I'm doing really, all right? But I, I know how to tighten things, and so I tightened everything that I possibly could, and it appears to have stopped, but I'll be honest with you, there's still that little thing right there that I, I, I just have to go back and check. Like every morning I have to open it up and I have to check and make sure that everything's okay. That is when there's a leak. What happens when that leak in my life, in my mind, and who I am, and maybe in who you are, I won't say for sure, what happens when that leak is a relationship? When we have that thing that we know is just not right maybe something we said, it's maybe something they said, it's maybe something that hasn't been said, but it's just hung there for a while, right? And that leak is there in that relationship. I don't know about you, but I know that that can, that can weigh on me really heavily. I can't function properly when there's a leak in a relationship. When I hurt someone or they hurt me, when I say something harsh, when I blast an opinion towards someone on social media, what binds us up from doing the work for God more than anything else, right? What stops us from living for him? Wrongs committed. Hurt that is alive. Division that is active and enabled. May I speak to the climate of the church? I don't mean our church. I mean the church, the greater church in the world, right? One of the, one of the greater things to the climate, the greater threats to Christians and the church, it's that we allow issues to become divisions, that we empower opinions to instigate hurt, that we seek, that we grasp for reasons to excuse our wrongdoings. Active forgiveness, it frees us to love like Jesus loves. Yes, this is a prayer to God the Father, but it is a request to enable the power of forgiveness that we see Jesus died for, selflessly died for. May we be forgiven, and may we choose to forgive. Matthew 6, 14 says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Forgiveness provides peace of heart for the love of Jesus to come alive, to change our relationships, to allow love to be active and meaningful in our lives. The last piece Jesus asks us to pray is this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up thinking that temptation was an evil thing. I grew up thinking that temptation is the bad thing, right? Like temptation is something that shouldn't be in my life because I grew up with this understanding that temptation was all about something that would make you fall, right? As we get into this part of the prayer, one of the things we need to recognize is that that's not actually how Scripture reflected upon temptation as something to be super avoided about something that was about you falling. In fact, temptation, it wasn't about falling 
in Scripture at all. Temptation was about being tested. It was about each and every one of us being given the opportunity to be strengthened, for us to grow in our walk with God. It was a positive thing. It was a test. It was a tool. It was something that could better each and every one of us. Why does this matter? We should recognize that our daily lives are filled with temptation. Last week we spoke about the Lord's Prayer, and I confess to you that I've prayed this prayer a lot, a lot. Almost every day for a large part of my life I've prayed this prayer, deliver me from temptation. Well, can I be honest with you about that? Do you know how many days of my life don't have temptation in it? I pray this prayer a lot. Do you know how many days of my life don't have temptation in it? Not one. There is not one day of my life that does not have temptation. It is annoyingly there every single day, every day. I'm not going to say it's overbearing. Most days I don't feel like at threat or specifically uncomfortable, but temptation is there every day. And I just don't mean the temptation to eat Big Macs and drink Mountain Dew. Yes, that temptation is there every day, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like real temptation is there around me. Does this mean that I'm praying wrong? Does this mean that God is having fun with me? Like, <laughs> is that what it means? Or do I just not understand how this works? Wow, on earth, we aren't going to be free from temptation. But we are asking that God's guidance and grace goes with us in temptation, especially when we are in direct battle with the evil one, with Satan. Further, may the presence of temptation be seen as the tool to strengthen and grow my heart for God and my will to follow him. May God be with us, may he guide us, and may he make us more through the temptations that are, that are there in our lives every day. We need not be afraid of temptation. May we be aware of it, honest about it, clear about it, and may we then lean into the Holy Spirit whose mission is to guide us and shape us for God, his work, and his prayer. This prayer, lead us not into temptation, is not about us having an easy life. Saying, God, take away all the threats to me. Make my life super easy. It's about us being grown and changed, made into something more so that we can serve God all the more with who he has made us to be. James 1.12 says this, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Deliverance supplies the strength for whatever the world is going to bring to us. Now I know that these have been some pretty good thoughts, right? I can see the power and purpose of each and every one of those prayers now a little bit more clearly. It's also meaningful to me that while this prayer is given to us from Jesus, and it's a prayer to God the Father, we can see all parts of the Trinity in these prayers, right? That's meaningful to me to invoke all of them in my life and my walk. That's, that's something special. But I don't know about you, but I need something more, though. I know this was good preaching, but not great preaching. That's where I rate this. You can make your own decision. But, like, like I look at this, and I'm like, this is good, but it's not great. And I always like that oomph kind of thing, right? Like, what is the oomph from that? I need that oomph. When it comes to prayer and being a follower of Jesus, I want something more. I know that I'm not going to understand 
what God does. And I'm not going to understand why he answers some prayers with a yes and some with a wait and some with a no. And, and I know that, that I, I don't understand God. And I, I get it. I shouldn't, right? In fact, I recognize that if I can understand everything that God does and is, we're all in trouble because it's under my understanding. And I want a God that I don't understand, right? I want a God that's bigger, that's more, that's beyond me. And, and that the only way we're going to be able to really make this happen is if that is the case, right? If I don't understand God. And so I get it. I need to trust God. But still, I want a little more. Still just a little more, right? Just a little bit more. Maybe you do too, See, for me, it's frustrating when people come to me and, and you have that conversation, right? Because we know these things about God. We know that he is, he's all loving and we know that he's all powerful. And yet when it comes to my prayers, I recognize that there are sometimes I have prayers that are like, meh, kind of important, right? Like not really. New York Jets kind of important, right? And yet God still answers some of those prayers, right? Like why do you, why do you even care about that? God, why are you wasting time on this prayer? I was kidding, right? It's just the Jets, right? But, but he does because he cares about us on such an, a small, intricate level that he, he's involved in that, right? But then I get frustrated because there are those big things. Those big things that I say, well, if you're all loving and all powerful and you hear all these prayers from all these kinds of people, and, and honestly, sometimes it hurts when it's not just my prayer, but it's when a loved one's or a friend's prayer, right? And I see like, God, why is this not being fixed? Fix it. You're all loving and you're all powerful. Fix this, right? And, and he seems to say to those prayers at times, wait or even no. And as a disciple who wants to understand prayer and understand him, I, I want a little bit more understanding in that. But in that, I'm drawn back to this to what we've just learned through these things. And I remember that prayer is not about me convincing, as we talked last week, prayer is not about me convincing God of anything. Prayer is about a relationship with God who is at work in guiding me to be more like his son, Jesus Christ. Prayer is not about my wants as much as I want them to be. It is about God's work in this world and, and me choosing to be a part of it. And so I choose to lean into his daily bread which gives not just me, but us, what we need for the work ahead of us. What we need for the mission for God ahead of us is daily bread. And I seek to free my heart and mind with the power of forgiveness that's illustrated through the pure selflessness of Jesus Christ, keeping my heart and my mind clear to love as he would love, because that is why I am here. And I lean into the truth that whatever comes in the challenges ahead, he has strengthened and enabled me for it. And he will use those things to strengthen and enable me for more. And if needed, his deliverance will appear. As I came to the end of this sermon, I, I struggled with it. What do I share? What do I give you? And I battled with a whole bunch of different options. And when I get in those moments, it's usually God telling me to just be really transparent and lay it all out. And that's what I will speak to you about. I debated because I could. Closing this sermon by pulling at your heart strings of stories of answered prayers in my life, 
I hope that you've had them. I have had them. Prayers about my mom's battle with cancer. This crazy moment with my son Seth's health and, and the way God just showed up in a crazy moment. Even our family's journey just recently to purchase a house where I can tell you I prayed more about that than I think anything I've prayed for recently as I've just like faced the thought of us not having a place to settle in and, and, and knowing we needed that and praying and praying about it. And, and I had this temptation to share that with you, right, and to, to pull at your heart. But what God kept hitting me with, with unsettledness was that's not what this is about, it's not what this is about. I don't think that, that this is why this, Jesus has given us this scripture. And so I don't want to do it. God may give you the answers to some of your prayers, and he might not. He might not say yes. What I can tell you is this. This is what I see in this passage of scripture. This is the truth that I know. The people that I respect the most in this world they pray. They pray a lot and it shows. The people that I want to be like, the people who I look at and say, I wish I could love like them. I wish that when hard times come or when, when people are rude to me, I wish that I could forgive and bless and speak love and clarity and be that kind of person I, that I just want to be. Those people pray and they pray a lot. And I will tell you, for me, prayer has changed me in the biggest ways. Not physically, not financially. Prayer has changed my heart. It's changed how I think and how I live and how I love. And I know this, God's greatest work in this world will not be answering my specific prayers for needs. God's greatest work in this world has been in my heart and in your heart. As a disciple, may I be reminded prayer is not about the horizontal ones before me. Prayer is about the vertical needs of my heart and its journey to God. So yeah, I don't always get all that happens in prayer and why God in his love and power says yes and says no. But I can accept it. Because in every major moment of my life when I have turned to prayer with an issue, the results in this world have been widespread, but the real results have been that my heart has grown closer to him. And so what do I say to you? I encourage you to keep praying. Keep praying. Because you never know when or how God will show up in a big way when you and when others pray. Keep praying. But in all of that, open your heart to the biggest purpose of prayer. That you are being molded and made into something wonderful for God and his kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.